This is the sports show we've all been waiting for. Connoisseurs of Sport features two sports enthusiasts who go beyond statistics to help you interpret the sports you love in new and refreshing ways. A scout will help you spot players and teams that have the makings of true greatness without having to rely solely on fickle statistics. And the GM will help you understand how it goes on behind the scenes, translate into what happens on court or on the field. Get ready, because no one else does it like the connoisseurs of sport. Episode 38. Well, 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 Scout, here we are again. We have completed another week of NBA playoffs. And we're about to go fast and furious through a lot of the storylines and games that we have encountered. Quick fire. There you go. Do you have any quick thoughts for the folks before we jump in? Um, no, I think we'll go through it. Uh, nothing jumps out right now. Okay, so without further ado, here we go. Number one, let's start with Mark Cuban on Russell Westbrook. Mark Cuban said before the final game between uh, Oklahoma City and his team, the Dallas Mavericks, he said that Russell Westbrook isn't a superstar. Well, he didn't really say that. He said the Thunder only have one superstar and it ain't Westbrook. It's Kevin Durant. Uh, And then Westbrook went on to show him how wrong he was. Uh, What are your thoughts on the great Mark Cuban and what he has to say. One of the best owners in the league, don't you think? Not for my, not for my taste. <laughs> I mean, I would, again, um, isn't everyone t- kind of tired of him? I think so. Yeah, he doesn't get the press he used to. He's always running his mouth. Um, he annoys me. You don't play. Yeah. Be quiet. First of all, you're wrong. Yeah, and you know, Kevin Durant called him an idiot. His own players were like, uh, we don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> right, and you know what's good, What's great about, and I love, we know, I've, I've discussed my love for Durant and Westbrook, uh, despite the current circumstances. Um, but um, just Kevin Durant has really been um, a villain-ish. I'm not going to say he's a villain, but he really seems to be annoyed with a lot of what goes on with the media and people running their mouths. And he's quick to, to fire back, is my point. So you mean he's he's being antagonistic. They don't paint him as a villain. No, right. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't really take a lot of you-know-what off of people anymore, it seems. Maybe that's Westbrook's influence. <laughs> I mean, he's also, you know, this is kind of off-topic, but he also has a lot to do with that Players' Tribune website where the, 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 the players are trying to take the media and some of the reporting into their own hands. Yeah. He's generally fed up with them. Mm-hmm. And this goes right in line with that. Um, You know, I'm, I'm just... I enjoyed the both of them, and this this is one of the reasons why. So I really appreciated him calling Mark Cuban an idiot. Yeah, no one agreed with Mark Cuban. Now, moving forward from that nonsense to Oklahoma City versus San Antonio, uh, that's where we are now. Game one is over, and I'm sure that the Thunder want to pretend like that never happened. Um, but my, coach, <laughs> my, my question for you is um, – is the real matchup here a coaching matchup? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where the 
the gap is. Um, and not to throw uh, Donovan under the bus. I can't think of his first name. Is it Billy? Billy. Yeah. But he's coaching. Throw him under the bus. Well, he's coaching against one of the all-time greats. You know, at, at there's no better coach in the history of the game, as we like to say here. Than Greg Popovich. Um, uh, Billy Donovan is he's from uh, college, right? This is is this his first? Yeah, job in NBA, right? So right there, you have an experience um, issue regarding, especially in the playoffs. Yes. Where you get into, I mean, possession by possession. How do I, how do I stop momentum? Um, when do I draw up a play and make sure guys get into certain things because we need a bucket? Those kinds of things, those circumstantial um, things, um, are really important in the playoffs. It's such a fine line, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, again, people will look at this game and say, "Yeah, well, that was a blowout from the beginning." True, but is there something that could have been done early on? to kind of stem the tide when San Antonio was really running away with this thing in the first quarter. Um, and I know we had a, a lengthy discussion about the, the Thunder. Um, did you kind of want to go into that? As far as, especially with Kevin Durant mm-hmm. um, and the whole discussion about what is a superstar and what makes the all-time great players, especially with the recent retirement of, of Kobe Bryant, Another one of those guys on Mount Olympus. What does that mean exactly? And what separates a very good player from them? Um, and jump before we get into that, the last thing I want to say is if anyone notices who Kawhi Leonard is guarding in the series. Say who? Who's that again? Kawhi Leonard is oh. guarding who? Because he's the opposite small forward. So it makes sense to put him on. Wait a minute, though. But who who chose him? And who oh, you got? Oh, you're not going here, are you? I, I, you know, my memory is don't wrong. let him do this <laughs> to you all. Okay, he's he's already counting his chickens. It's game one. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah, you know I know better than that. And just to, for this, for everyone to know, in the playoffs, <laughs> just because some blowout happened in one game doesn't mean it's going to happen the next. Right. Uh, right. We don't know. Um, uh, look. I really don't think there is a carryover in the playoffs. I don't. No, there's, there's no. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, uh, another thing uh, to talk about Donovan versus Popovich. Uh, remember that the Thunder didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this first game, right? Uh, because their series with Dallas lasted longer than San Antonio's uh, first round series, so that may be a part of it. I don't know. I just think there's doom coming. Well, the thing the is, thunder. yeah, and this has something to do with Durant as well. There's a there's a time in games in the playoffs where you'll see the all-time greats, whether they're down and maybe a team's making a run on them and you need to stem the tide on that, yes. or if you're up and you really need to go for the jugular at a point, they go to a certain spot or they have certain spots on the floor. I've heard Kobe Bryant talk about this at length, mm-hmm. um, where I know I can get a bucket here. Yes. Right? Um. I believe my guess would be for him and maybe a Michael Jordan and guys like that, um, who probably are the two, the, the, as far as wing scorers, the guys that come to mind, um, would be that pinch post area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell, so, tell the people where that is, because some people may not know. Well, that's the... It's not the low block where you're up against the, the, the lane or the painted area. It's it's it's, it's further out, maybe two, two or three... Uh, maybe two steps out um, below the free throw line extended still. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little further out, almost at that wing area. But, you know, yeah. like I like said, just, uh, like below uh, the elbow. 
Right, below mm-hmm. the elbow, right. That's the word I'm looking for. And if you extend the, three for, for the free throw line, which they call free throw line extended, whenever we say that, it means if you just take that line and take it all the way across the, the floor, yes, it's sir. still below that. Yes. Um, but that's that area where you'll see... So the not guy. the low post. Right. Now, they'll go there, too, yeah. but the low post, I believe, the thing about the pinch post is it's very difficult to double there without completely compromising your defense. Right. Why is that? Well, because first of all, you have the baseline. It's enough room to attack on the baseline. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can't double team from the baseline. You can't send a defender outside of the, the boundary. The, right. Yeah. Obviously. And also, it's easy to see the floor. So you can see the double team coming from that area and make the appropriate play. Exactly. So, especially if I want to double big, if I set, set guys up and I put my bigs on the, on the offensive side, my bigger players, if I put them on the strong side, right, we're talking weak side with the pinch post. Typically, it's one man and the guy that's in the pinch post, the, typically the guy with the ball. Yeah, and weak side, side, strong side just means strong side is where more people are. Weak side is where fewer people right, are. Right, right. So a lot of times, teams want to double guys like that big. It, it obstructs the line of sight, makes it difficult to pass, and it really forces the pass back out to a non-threatening position. Right. Right. Does that we we got it? We so, got it. So if I'm in a pinch post, you want to run a big guy at me. He has to come all the way across the floor. Yeah. From yeah. Especially <laughs> you're talking about pinch post on the weak side. Yes. Yeah. Bringing the big yeah. guy all the way over from the strong side. No matter what, a guy has to travel the double, or he has to double off of the man that's directly in front of him, opening him up for a three. So. Mm-hmm. Again, it makes it very difficult, and this is where you are accustomed to seeing Michael Jordan attack from, which was even more effective then because you didn't have the you had the illegal defense rules, so you had the rotate versus just running a guy across, and you've right. also seen Kobe Bryant attack there. Kevin Durant will go there, but he doesn't do the job regarding sealing his man and creating a lane for an entry pass, which we saw. And our question was: Is this a physicality issue or a mental issue? Yes. Right. And this also ties to the coaching. You think it's the mental? Yes, because, I mean, look, and I even mentioned this, and I mentioned uh, the dream, Akeem Olajuwon, who at his position was not a big guy. He was tall. Right. But well, he really know, wasn't. He really was undersized, even height wise. Yeah, yeah, for but, a center. But yeah. Exactly for a center. Yeah. Um. So, but it's a mentality mm-hmm. where you go. This is my zone. Give mm-hmm. me the ball. I don't care who's guarding me. And I, I think that Durant is a little too much in his head. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what he should do is borrow a little more from Westbrook, mm-hmm. who's certainly not too much in his head. He's more in his body. Um, when right. it comes to those things. So, you know, I call Durant the head, Wes- Westbrook the heart. Yes. A little too cerebral. Yeah. Um, overthinking is what we're talking about here. Now, here's the why the coaching matters. And I right. was going to Popovich. Okay. Yeah, Westbrook. go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you I'll let you go. Yeah, because Popovich knows to stop Westbrook. He knows this. Yes. We heard he it in one it. of those coaches' segues they like to do that we hate so much, but Yeah, now he said it. You can see it on the court. And uh in in that first game for the Thunder, you know, afterward they were talking about Westbrook and, and everyone was saying, Well, he got to his spots, and you were talking about the spots that the greats always know they need to go to. He was just missing his shots. But that's also a part of the great Greg Popovich's system of shutting people down. And he has whom again to do it? What's his name again? 
Mr. Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, right. Uh-huh. And and just directly speaking, if you think about this on a really high level, if you put Kawhi Leonard on Russell Westbrook, outside of Russell Westbrook really being the engine of the team, yeah, it eliminates a post up advantage for Westbrook that Westbrook normally has. Because normally he's taller than the normally and that. stronger and and mm-hmm. so forth. yeah, he's going to overpower any point guard you put on him. Yeah, right in the league. It, it's a mismatch, but if you put Kawhi Leonard on him, you you take that off the table, right? So it's completely. It's, so it's smart for opposing coaches to uh, not <laughs> match him up with a point guard or the defensive end. Use well, your two guard if they're larger or a small forward. Right, but the thing is, Ka- Kawhi. This is why he's so important. And he's such yes. a valuable piece. Is he can also? I mean, you may do that, put a bigger guy on Westbrook, but then he'll run right by him. I mean, there's no shortage of quickness and speed. Right. Well, that's why I'm saying if you can, you'd want a two right. guard if they're bigger, or a small forward if they're you know mm-hmm. their feet are quick enough. Right. Uh, like a Kawhi Leonard. Now, every team doesn't have that. Uh, yeah. We know that the the um, Golden State Warriors could do that. They put Thompson on them. Uh, right. And well, I guess we'll get into how special they are as a team. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm setting this up beautifully because that's okay. coming up next. Okay. But, yeah, Durant, it, that's kind of what's missing. If you look at Durant, just to put a button on Durant, and I love Durant, as everyone knows. We all love Durant. We right. love him. He's he's such an intelligent player. He has so many skills, especially yes. on the offensive end. It's just that that fire – I don't know if he can translate that to what's going on on the court. Right. And we're not, he, you know, he's not necessarily, yeah, there's some pe- passivity when it comes to his game, when you compare him on the level that he's trying to get to. So, and the, like I said, to wrap this up with him, when I look at him, if you look at, 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 at his seasons, they are remarkably efficient, high scoring seasons. If you look yes. at the statistics and we talk about this all the time. Okay, but that stuff does not matter when you get into moments like this. Yeah, yeah. stats rocked. Stats cannot reflect greatness. They right. will not. It will never happen. Five thirty-eight. I love you guys. It ain't happening. Right Even for you. Right. Um, yeah, and so, it, it's it's just to clarify. We're not saying that uh, Durant is lily livered. No, not at all. No, I, it really is. I think for him, it's he's such a cerebral kind of guy. He needs someone to show him how to translate that fire in his head mm-hmm. to his heart, like Westbrook. Right. It's an and interpretation of it. Exactly. And Westbrook needed the reverse direction. He yes. For head. Um, but I think Westbrook is finding the mix a little better than Durant. And what I'll say, and you said to me, and I guess we can end on this note, is that also with the coaching. Maybe yes. you pull if you see Durant kind of fading away or, or or fading out to that three point line. Maybe you go up to him and say, "Hey, let's yes. go." We talked about this. You have to. This is all part of coaching as well. That's something I think Greg Popovich would see. Yes, and go to Durant, whether it be in in the game in the middle of the game or whatever, or he would drop the proper play, proper play. He would do something to get him where he needs to be. I believe, and that's the benefit. A lot of times, because we always talk about the great players. When they play for great coaches, yes, and it not makes just a difference, and not just the head coaches, also the assistant yes. coaching that goes largely unnoticed. There should be at least one assistant coach who's mm-hmm. watching for this. If I were the head coach, I would assign one assistant coach. Be like, look at Durant. If he starts looking like he's getting lost in his head, pull him to the side, right? Get him back in because the head coach can't think of all of this stuff during yes. the game. So I, that's what I would do. And this is 
vital for anyone who is constantly in their head. I don't care what uh, sphere we're talking about, sports or not. Anybody who's cerebral like that, they need someone to tell them, snap out of it. Yes. Yeah. So now, yeah. Mm-hmm. We all saw the game. It was complete and utter destruction. Yes. Um, the Spurs were getting whatever they wanted. And you you were pointing that out during the game, how they were just rubbing off the screens and getting that elbow short jumper. Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean, it was like how many fish in a barrel. How many times in the elbow did we see one of their forwards? Yes. Just throw up a shot. And, I mean, they missed maybe like two or ten of them when we were yeah. watching. It was ridiculous. But that's to your point. Just mm-hmm. to end, the, those were, they were getting shots in the spots where they will – put your lights out. LaMarcus Aldridge, that medium-range jump shot. Kawhi Leonard really was everywhere, shooting the three ball, but he was also getting those quick curls, which builds confidence so you can move out as well. So, it was just a dismantling. But it was game one. Yes, it was. And we'll see. Yes, it was. Uh, I still don't think the Thunder... No, I'm not saying that. I mean, if if I'm picking here, I'm picking the Spurs and I'm not even, you know, any sleep over that. But... You know, but, but to segue now into Golden State, mm-hmm. uh, let's uh, another note about stats. Stats are useful for coaching staffs. Now that's where they're useful. Yes, yep. because like you were saying, uh, in that elbow area, the coaching staffs can look at that and go, "Oh, they were killing us there." If you're the Thunder, or Popovich will go, mm, "Yeah, we're really doing well there. How can we continue mm-hmm. to get this advantage throughout?" Uh, this this playoff series. So that's where it's useful. It ain't useful to tell me nothing about who's great. All right. Um, no. Golden State, still without Curry. Curry claims that he might be back on Saturday. <laughs> um, they won game one versus Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, Clay Thompson, to me, is just doing a stellar job on both ends of the court without mm-hmm. the person who supposedly creates everything for Golden State. I'm shocked. I thought that Curry did everything. I, I thought that Draymond Green couldn't do anything without him. Isn't that what you were told by somebody? Somebody did tell me that. Um, and I think we talked about they, they are not the um, team that we're used to seeing where the superstars are tasked with getting everyone else involved. Yes. Um, it's kind of the opposite. Exactly. Um, where Steph Curry is, and we talked about this, where the team is funneling things and setting the table for Steph Curry to score. Exactly. Not Steph Curry's job to set them up. So it's kind of a, a reverse. And what you're seeing now is Clay Thompson assuming and can that... I add, can I add as well yeah. what we always say, on the defensive end, Curry also gets to take a break. Okay. Right, because they, they'll put Clay on whatever the most difficult matchup is in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Um... So, but what we've seen, what we're seeing now, and here's always the question that we have with the Steph Curry thing, and and is he worthy of being elevated to that level we're talking about? Because people are trying to put him up there. They discuss him in the same sentence with Michael Jordan and, and things like that. And that's where we... My ears are bleeding. Yes, we're a little miffed with those kinds of comparisons. A little. I'm, I'm being polite. And, and, and again, this is not <laughs> to say that Steph Curry is not a... a, a Ultra skilled talent. He of is. course not. Right. Okay. We're not saying anything like that. It's about be. It's about being real about it and yes. not being hyperbolic. Exactly. So, to that point, if you look at Clay Thompson, who is now with the absence of Steph Curry, who is now the number one option on the offense. So, what you'll see now, and everyone's watching, you'll see him rubbing off with all the screens harder, not as a decoy, but as the option. So yeah. he's being set up and. 
as a result of that, he's generating similar offense, right? Yes. Now, what I will say about the offense of Golden State without Curry, to me, uh, we get more variety. I'd like watching it a little better. No mm-hmm. knock on Curry. I mean, he's astounding on the offensive end. We know this. Mm-hmm. It's just you get more mid-range game. You get more in the paint. And you right. really see the value of this team that's set up to help Curry. They are such a multi-dimensional cast of characters. They yeah. can do anything. The fluidity of their emotions, they, they can stop on a dime. They can move with or without the ball. I mean, it, it, they can pass. They can shoot. They can defend. I mean, what can these guys not do? That's the key, too. And you brought this up when we were watching how mobile their players are and interchangeable. Yeah, they're like aliens. I mean, yeah. from the movies. And and the key to that, especially defensively, is Draymond Green, which, oh, yeah. um, which is why I believe he came in second in defensive player of the year voting mm-hmm. uh, because the thing is they can switch whatever they want oh, the, the, and not no lose anything switching. right no they, so if you want to run a screen roll with them they don't even bother to fight through because they don't no. have to because if let's say you run a a, 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 um, a one 1-5 a one or 1-4 one screen roll and Draymond Green so you're talking about guy. point guard center point guard power forward power forward right mm-hmm. okay so big, right. big guy point guard Mm-hmm. Um, screen I got you. Go ahead. Talk, yeah. talk to and I'm Draymond kidding. Green is going to guard the five or the four, depending on what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So if you pull that out and you try to run that play, they're just going to switch it. And Draymond Green is able to guard the point guard. I don't mean get in this way. He was stonewalling some of them. I mean, and yeah. he and this was Damian Lillard we're talking about. Yeah, he can move his feet and yes. be in position. Yes. yes, it is. He is so important to them. I would argue as important as uh, Curry and Thompson are. Yes, just because of the, the the first of all, he's a facilitator as well. And, and the thing is, like you said, with with Curry out, there's more variety. Their post, they'll take, they'll send Draymond Green into that post area as well, and maybe you'll see Bogut. Unfortunately for all of us, that we have to watch him. <laughs> but sometimes you'll see that bum in the post. The point, the point is, that, and you brought up a point in a couple of episodes ago about Draymond Green's assists average jumping yes what maybe four to seven this year so when i think the 14 15 approximately that's correct the 14 15 season it was maybe he was hovering around four and 15 16 this season he was above seven per game yep and what we've seen a lot of the differences and this also goes hand in hand with curry's scoring jump as well along with his improvement but also this is really the key here is that he has been pulled high. He's not in the low post area. He's not setting up offense from there this year as much as he did last year. Now, with Curry out, you'll see a little more posting. They still play, they still pull him high and you'll see the three-point shooting with Draymond Green, the facilitation. He even brings the ball up sometimes, for goodness sake. But, right. But that's what I meant by variety. Yes. There's a lot more, um, from the the other cast of characters. And a lot of that has to do with Steph Curry's um, ability and his diversity offensively because Clay Thompson is not as diverse no. individually. Steph Curry is really... Well, look, Clay Thompson... Clay, yeah, yeah, Steph Curry is is a, a all-time talent. Yeah, he's like almost a genius yes, offensively. Shooting wise. And Clay, is Tom- genius. Yeah, Clay Thompson to me is someone who worked his whole Yes. So you're not more like see, a more like a Kawhi Leonard, somebody who worked. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see less off of the dribble. 
right? Yes. Steph Curry's gonna if Steph Curry, if let's say they run their one five screen roll and they get a switch, Steph Curry's gonna we've seen this time and time again, go through his little dribble motion back and forth, back and forth, till he can fire three over the top of the big guy, right? Right. That's the move. Clay Thompson doesn't hold the ball as long because no. he can't handle it like that. No. But it's either shot or two dribbles. Um, Clay Thompson will post as well, which is yes. which really was a nightmare for the Portland guards because they're smaller. Yes. So yeah, it's the Portland that, guards. Yeah, because he if you put Lillard on him, um, or because also remember um, who's the backup guy? I'm losing his name with the tall head. On Portland? Starting for um, Curry. Uh, uh, You're talking about uh, Livingston. Livingston, right. So you have two guys that are really big in the backcourt. So you can't put mm. – so you have Lillard and McCollum, right? Who, you can't put McCollum on Clay and then put Lillard on Livingston because Livingston is like, what, six, 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 seven. Mm. So it's a different game here that Golden State is playing. And what did Mr. Uh, Finals MVP say when they beat the Rockets? And you're talking about – Eagle Dollar. Eagle Dollar. Yeah, another interchangeable piece. But he said something about, oh, when Steph's in, I'm paraphrasing them. He said something about when Steph's playing, you don't see the other things we can do. Exactly. But now you are. Ah, now let's move into this. Of mm. Ray Zhao clipping the legs of Gerald <sighs> Henderson. Now, Ray Zhao plays for the Warriors. Henderson plays for the Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. And then we got the predictable response from the officials. Mm-hmm. You know, the double technical. Then another one that sent them both out of the game. Just right. Thoughts and we'll move on. Um, this sort of thing has been a drag on my consumption. This nonsense. Now, yes, has been a drag on my Break through all of your euphemisms right now. This well, I'm more comfortable talking this way. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remain calm, and this helps. No, this, you're not going to remain this, calm. This, not with me. Okay, fine. This trash, mm-hmm. act, these trash actions, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's not even fully the action. It's the, it's the NBA's response to it, because we've, we've always had dirty players. Oh, we've yeah. We've had them. But let me tell you something, okay? Varejao and people of your ilk, okay? And the league. When he sweeps a guy's leg, this is like this the karate kid. Sweep the leg, Johnny. And takes Henderson out to the point where he could have gotten injured, could have hit his head on the floor or something. Yeah. For no reason. Don't call a double tech. I'm so sick of the NBA in this. And this is why I'm almost done with the product. <laughs> this kind of stupidity. You and don't double tackle. Yeah, and, and encourages the behavior. Yeah, and what they see, what it is, is it's legislating people who are victims of uh, certain plays what their response should be. Right. So, you know, you you clip, you you trip uh, Henderson, and it, he jumps up and gets in Varejao's face, which is understandable. It certainly he, is. But then you know, you go no. You shouldn't be doing that, so we're calling it a double technical. So what you're doing is saying both actions are equal, and they're not. And, uh, and Hubie Brown kind of yes. did well with this, and he said, and what I loved is he said, okay, if a guy trips you like that, you're going to get in his face. And he said, I don't care who you are. Right. And for the officials, too. If someone tripped the officials or the, the powers to be that be mm-hmm. that way, they would respond the same way. So I don't want to hear it from that stupid league and those stupid officials. It probably isn't their fault because they're being told what to do. Yeah. It's this nonsense idea that I'm not tolerating any of this when you should yeah. go after the people that behave that way, like Varejao, who has no utility on the court other than to play illegally. He's a trash <laughs> player, always has been a trash player. 
Yeah, on the Cavaliers. Thing. Yeah, he's on the Cavaliers, flopping all over the place, doing crap like that. He needs to be knocked out. Mm. And now, let's let's pivot here. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, see, see how I got uh, See, I know how to get the scout riled up. I cannot stand yeah. players like that. They don't bring anything. They're just garbage. Yeah, it, you know, hey. You, it, at least you could be like Floppy Devots, you know, from the past. Do something a little more. Well, um, yeah, he had a game. He actually had a game. That's, that's what I'm saying. Play. That's what I'm saying. Now, he wasn't dirty. He was, he, I mean, he was, a, you know, a flopper, but he wouldn't do that crap you saw today, you know, yeah. tripping people like it's well, a you know. Even Steve Javi, former official, they went to him, and he had some nice thoughts on what to call in that situation. Now, um, let's move into this, back to the Steph Curry thing. Golden State lost him. 538 did a piece on the losses of uh, Chris Paul and Steph Curry, what it does to their team's chances. Mm -hmm. Um, We all know that the Clippers lost Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, and that really tanked it for them and the Trailblazers. Uh, overcame them to meet the Golden State Warriors. So just give us some brief thoughts on those two guys, what they mean to their teams. Well, we talked about yeah. Curry. Just go to, to Chris Paul. Well, Chris Paul is the engine, I'm using that term again, of that team, maybe even more to the point where if you remove him from that operation, it's over. Yeah. He's, um, like, the, he's like the anti-Curry. He, he's the one setting up the offense. Right. He's a traditional point guard. Um, mm-hmm. They rely on him to create offense off of the screen roll. Yep. Um, and you'll see a lot of that. He'll come off of the screen and do that kind of snake action. You'll see it. And Doug Collins has been talking about the snake movements off of and what is that? The it's when you come off of the screen tight and you kind of pivot and and, 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 and kind of do an S-type move into the lane. Yeah. So what you're doing, you're resetting yourself with the defender behind you, and it's a mismatch, really. So you're reading the defense, maybe from two to three steps, maybe from the, 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 the 13, 14-foot area. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Collins has been doing a great job on this. On um, he's on is he he's on ESPN right when in the pregames, kind of discussing this, um, that snake action. Yeah, ABC, ESPN, that partnership. Right. Chris Paul is a master at it. They rely on it. Um, I mean, we're looking at guys. I'm going to say limited guys like DeAndre Jordan. I'm being kind with limited. The um, Hooper, the Hooper mother. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, Blake Griffin went out, but Blake Griffin is less of a loss to me, as we saw in the regular season. Yeah. They can still play with that. Also, you push guys, the sixth man of the year, Jamal Crawford, you push him into the starting lineup, right? Yes. It's hurt your bench as well. Whenever you have an injury, it's going to hurt your bench, unless you're, I guess, Golden State. That's right. <laughs> um, but, you, you, again, you're seeing a team that's more traditional in the way well, they're built. Spurs, the Spurs might be able to get away with it. Yeah, depending. Yeah, maybe. I don't think they can lose Kawhi. No, it depends on who they lose. Yeah, you're right. But the point is, he is, they cannot function without Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, where, again, the juxtaposition between the Golden State Warriors, who that's what makes them unique. It's these interchangeable pieces, guys that can do multiple things. And also the offense is set up. Yeah. Multiple threats to function. And it can change depending on who's on the court and who isn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have that diversity and that, and that, and that interchangeability. I'm using that word a lot. But again, in, 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 in Clipperland, it's up to Chris Paul to generate offense. I call it flat footed a lot because it's yeah. purely of the players, uh, the players' responsibility and incumbent upon that player to create offense for everyone else. Yeah. And can I just say about both 
um, Chris Paul and Steph Curry, they will kill you if they need to on the court. They they do oh, have yeah. that killer mentality. They'll put your lights out. Yeah, like for Curry, we, we do try to balance the storylines that are out there because we think they go too far. But look, he will try to come for you. Yes. And, and we, and we do, admire that. Yes, we do. We appreciate that tremendously uh, from both of these players. I think Chris Paul has a little more fire on the defensive end that way. Not that he's a great defender, but he... Yeah, his fire is attitude-based. Yeah. He's a he's a, a rough customer. Yes. Um, and remember, all Clippers fans, we love you, um, but the league stole him from the Lakers. Let's know. Mark Cuban again. Mm-hmm. See that? Don't See? get me started. Don't turn. See? Don't make me put my Laker hat on. See, everybody, I'm, I'm pushing the buttons here for the scout. And, uh, and I know, but that's a good point. People don't ever forget that. Yep. That changed the tide in it the sure Western did. Conference. Okay, someone may as well have a, have had a time machine and gone back and removed something. Yeah, because remember, um, reality. Yeah, because remember, everyone. Chris Paul was going to be traded to the Lakers. Um, he and Kobe had met and all of that stuff. Yeah. The deal was done. Deal was done, and then had had ownership of the was it? What were they then? The Charlotte, New Orleans. New Orleans Hornets, right. That's right. Right. That's right. The league had control of them uh, because of the whole fiasco with who was going to own them, who's not going to own them. Um, so the league took over duties and vetoed the trade. Vetoed the trade. After it had gone through. Yes. Because Mark Cuban was and, moaning. And a few others. And a few others, right. He's the most vocal. I just think Mark Cuban does better on Shark Tank. Um, now, <laughs> right. Speaking of a shark. Steve Kerr wins Coach of the Year instead of Luke Walton. <laughs> now, to, now, to Steve Kerr's credit, and everyone, he's the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. To Steve Kerr's credit, he had Luke Walton everywhere with him when he was getting that award. Wherever yeah, the award yeah. was, it was a Steve Kerr, Luke Walton, and their GM. Okay? So, uh, your thoughts on his win for, what, like 36 games of coaching? Yeah, I don't know what people are thinking when they when – they, select these awards. I mean, I'm thinking if I'm looking at that, first of all, he's eliminated because he only coached, in my mind, half of the season. What do you mean in your mind? That's factually accurate. He he coached half. Right. I think it was a little less. I don't think it was 30. No, it was Yeah, that's less. The optics of um, Luke Walton and he having a very similar record. Yes. Right, where they coached him. So that team kind of functions. Uh, very well on its own uh, um, to a degree. I mean, the coaching comes in. It's going to come in now, especially in the playoffs. But in the regular season, they were coasting. Um, so I'm looking at Terry Stotts in Portland, who, who lost what was thought to be their best player to the Spurs and LaMarcus Aldridge, honest Abe Aldridge. Yeah, and you mean via, was that free agency? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they lost him, and I think he's done a great job with them. Um, and also, I don't know how Greg Popovich. I mean, that would be my selection every year. You know, especially this. I mean, they were right on the heels of the Golden State Warriors record-wise. It's just the Warriors broke that record, so no one pays attention to what the Spurs did. But the Spurs did that, and Popovich rests everyone throughout the season. So don't, don't forget that he's not playing his guys. You know, every third night. Popovich does not care. No, he okay. really doesn't. I okay. mean, just to look at it, I mean, I'm trying to see what their – let me try to find the standings here. I'm just looking here. Their record, Golden State was 73-9, and nine, as we know, breaking the Bulls' record. I mean, the, the Spurs was 67-15. and 15. Yeah, which would have been a, an astonishing year 
any uh, other year. Any but other. when you build in that Popovich is sitting people, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, okay, well. Yeah. But yeah he, we just say about Stotts and, and the, the Trailblazers. Yeah. His transition from that Aldridge dominating offense to Lillard and McCollum. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, great job. Um, moving on. The Game 7s, let's end here. The two Game 7s today, and everyone, we are recording on uh, Sunday, May 1st, after the final game. Yep. Uh, the first Game 7 today was Charlotte versus Miami. Yep. And Miami Miami said, uh, we're the vets. Yeah. You Charlotte, Mike, crying Michael Jordan, everybody else, y'all can go ahead. <laughs> okay. We, we're sending you back home to Charlotte. And you can have a nice summer. Um, now, surprisingly, Goran Dragic mm-hmm. was the difference maker. He didn't do too much in the previous six games. Mm-hmm. Um, but he took over. And look, Dwayne Wade was like, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> so we can take a break. You need right. to do more of that. Give right. us 25 points. And I can score 16. And yeah. White, White Side can do it with the blocks. The White Side did do it with the blocks, didn't he? Five yeah, of them. But, but overall, uh, before that game, he was not the leader in the postseason in blocks. Sorry, Whiteside. It was Miles Turner. Miles Turner, yeah. We'll get to him, won't we? I guess. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't, what's to say about the series? I, you made me predict this, and I thought the Heat really would shut this down a little bit earlier. They did not. That's a credit to the Hornets. Um, it Kimball is a credit Walker to did Hornets. not play well. Yeah, Kimball Walker did not have a good game. Really, seven. none of the starters did outside of Courtney Lee. I mean, this is just, yeah. And Kimball Walker, do you know how many attempts, field goal attempts he had? 16. Exactly, that's not enough. Now, let's move on to the next game seven. Yeah. Indiana <laughs> versus Toronto, right? Yeah, let's, talk, let's talk about this uh, one. Now, you ha- I think you have been on a streak of calling these series, uh, but this is where you fell down. And that's to be... I did. Uh, we that's okay. That's not a knock on you. I'm not going to come for you on that one. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> so we know Toronto won tonight at home. Drake was there, looking like a <laughs> stuffed bear. <laughs> dropped a surprise album, and you know whatever. Right. Uh, so we had that. Now Lowry, let's talk about this first. Lowry thought it was bring your kid to work day. Oh, we really you want to talk about this? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had his. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm assuming it was. I'm assuming it was his son um, was on the bench before the game, and Charles Barkley and and and, and uh, Jack. great the great Shaquille O'Neal had a good time with that. Of course, this is uh, everyone. This is a game seven. Yeah, your rep is on the line. We're not big on the kids being at work for a game seven. Yeah, that's like if you're at work and you have a, a big presentation to your boss in the boardroom. And you have, you have your little son sitting there with everybody else. You need to, you know what? You can take your presentation and all your stuff will send it to you later. You're fired. I mean, that's, yeah, that's well, the level we're on. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And his, he didn't play too well, did he? He hasn't played well all series. Yeah. But I think he's one of these guys that um is limited mm-hmm. uh, offensively, when you, especially when you get into a playoff situation. In what ways? Um, Not very dynamic off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Um, is not able to really elevate and shoot over the top of you. Um, really, so you mean creativity wise? Creativity wise, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean he's a good point guard, but when you get into a yeah, series, solid point, right? He's solid. When you get into a series with uh, the, where you're going to see a team, we've talked about this over the course of two weeks, especially when you get into a seven game series. Um, you know, and they have tape on you, you have to be 
able to overcome certain things. And he, you know, he's maximized his talent. Yeah. Solid to good point guard. You know, no knock there, but you kind of saw the struggles. Um, Keep your kid at home. Um, Now. Yes, please. Can we talk about DeRozan? This is interesting. How many attempts did he have? Can you look that up? Because I know at one point he was 10 of 30. Right. And we both had a great time with that because everyone, we don't really care about this in the playoffs. We love people to just jack up the shots. I admire it. As long as they're decent shots. I mean, he got 32 up. He was 10 of 32, 9 of 9 from the line, 1 of 5 from 3, which he does not do well from 3 um in general but he got 30 points on 32 shots right yeah oh no he should and, be crucified yeah. and buried and what's the outcome w exactly you see so this is where again the stats don't tell the story okay right now mm-hmm. yeah now they had a lot of guys play well off the bench um carol patterson uh or they started patrick patterson yeah mm-hmm um, they have, so their guys play well, okay. But if Demar Derozan isn't that aggressive, yes. It again, we talk about disruption, disrupting defenses. Yes, it isn't always about making miss. Like the great Allen Iverson, we always go to him yes. in that situation. Right, you're generating opportunities for other people because you are causing you're wreaking havoc on the opponent's defense by being. And, that's right, and you're keeping the defense honest. They're not going to run away from DeRozan every time he jacks up a shot. They're not going to go, well, he's not making them. Let's not go right now. You know, so uh, thank you. He's in the game plan. He has to threaten. Um, And thank you, yeah, for not going. I don't know how he started, but, you know, you'll see guys go. Like Kimba Walker today was, I think, three out of something not good. Yeah. Um, Three out of 16, Kimba Walker or something. Yep. That doesn't mean you stop. If you are, if your role is scorer. Score. You got to keep going with that. Um, right. That's why I said 16 attempts is not enough from Kimba Walker. Yeah. Uh, now let's move into this because uh, at the end of game five, you know, when uh, the Raptors uh, came back to win right. in that one, uh, Frank Vogel and Paul George, so coach of the Pacers, star of the Pacers. Um, we know Frank Vogel sat Paul George for the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, brought him back in, and then the last play, Paul George made a pass. Um, okay, to to uh, Hill S Hill, not George Hill. S Hill. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, you know the whole quote right play unquote thing with him passing at to the LeBron game. James. We'll call it. Yes. So, what are your thoughts on that? And then we'll talk about Paul George in Game Seven. Didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I never like it. Um, Why not? Incumbent upon him to make that play. Uh, I just think that's his responsibility. You think the star player, the best player on the team, is the one who should be taking that? The guy with the most diverse offensive game, yes. Yeah. Um, unless now, you have a unless, wide open. Right, unless like they Steve run. Kerr. Yeah. Yeah, unless they run a double or something at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, then I understand. Now, now Hill made the shot right, but it was not in. It was after the buzzer, yeah. Right, so it was after the timing buzzer. issues with that too. Yeah, um, it just wasn't handled well. Yeah, um, and again, we are nitpicking Paul George because he is so good. I'm nitpicking Vogel. Oh yeah, you're going with Vogel on this because yeah, I, sometimes with these coaching staffs, 
you got to know who your star player is. And instead of getting in their head saying, oh, make the right play, make the right play, I'm tired of hearing that. Uh, the right play is for you to get it up. We live and die on your shot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. That's that's what you do. You you go with who got you there. Right. Uh, and now for game seven, your thoughts on Paul George's performance? I think I just think Paul is too passive sometimes. Um, it, 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 it's his talent is immense as an offensive yeah. player, really as a two way player because he's a really good defender as well. Yes, he is. Um, he's he's but, like he would fit in really well in Golden State. He could do all of those yes. tricks too. Yeah. He, doesn't have much of a weakness offensively. I'm trying to think of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he's a, a a his ball handling is decent. You could say or or or, or yeah. Good. But for a guy that size, a guy his size. Yeah, but I can't even go there. I don't yeah. see a lot of weaknesses with him. I just think he has a bit of that Kevin Durant. Yes. Thing now, going. And here's again where the coaching staff has to come in. He was stranded on the weak side. I don't know how many times. Yeah. They rarely got him the ball over there. He's just over there in the corner by the baseline, everybody. Right. Standing out there in, in three behind the three-point line, waiting. Yeah. Waiting. No, it, go get the ball. You, you know. have to demand some time. And, and also, I don't see a lot. Um, I, I really don't see this at all in the game anymore where they run a guy from weak too strong. Whereas we were talking about weak side. Um, so if you put – two guys on the weak side and you, therefore you take Paul George who's our example of our, our very good to I guess great player um, all-star caliber player so you put him on the strong side in this case and you run him across the lane it gets him on the move yes. if you set a screen or something it makes the catch easier mm-hmm. right I don't see that a lot anymore um, that's, that's stuff because I of the three point game yeah yeah because things have changed but nevertheless I digress Paul George 8 out of 18 not enough shots in my opinion um, it's game like seven. Like you said, went away sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I don't believe it's him. I believe now that I'm, I'm thinking about this, it's he's trying to do the right thing. That's what I was saying. And I don't think that he should have been on in the mindset DeRozan was in. Yeah. And the thing about it is, DeRozan was was shooting poorly, and Paul George was not. Exactly. So I, I, he has the talent to take over and dominate a game. Mm-hmm. pace of game he can dictate tempo he did it at times in the series but not enough now, you know this is why we we certainly cannot hold your pick of indiana over toronto against you because you were the predator your assumption was that paul george would be the star mm-hmm. and if that doesn't happen then what's the point you know so uh, we'll see what happens for him moving forward in uh, subsequent seasons i just say let the star be the star let him shoot. 18 is not enough. Yeah. You know, and also he and George Hill, they yeah. don't play together enough. George Hill was playing really well yeah. tonight. Not a lot of two-man. Yeah. Because even with Monte Ellis, who played, um, you know, relatively well tonight, it's just not a lot of two-man. He's kind of isoed over there with um, with Turner, and that became a problem because the Raptors did not care about Turner taking that, that 12 to 15 foot jump shot. And they shouldn't have cared because he was two out of 11. And I saw <laughs> a lot of that where he and Paul George were on the same side of the floor and they were running two man with them. And why would the Raptors, they're going to, you know, throw a trap at Paul George or at least feign a trap. Yeah. You know, kind of do a soft trap and, and, and make him give the ball to Turner. Why? Because giving it to Turner is the what? correct play okay now to, right so you force him to yeah. make the correct decision uh-uh, i'm not doing that 
All right. Now to end this episode, um, we now we talked about Golden State versus Portland. You're choosing Golden State in that series. Yes. We talked about that plays or not. Go, I, I got Golden State not. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, Oklahoma City versus San Antonio. You're choosing the Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the Spurs sweep that one? Yes. Wow. Okay. I don't see the matchup advantage. It's not a good. I just one. don't know where Oklahoma City goes consistently to get buckets. Where's their advantage? Enough buckets. Yeah. Well, yeah. Enough. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. They, they, they just have a, Yeah. They have a dearth yeah. of talent after you get uh, through Durant and Westbrook. I mean, people try to include Ibaka and come on. Um, but, and they can match up again. Kawhi Leonard is going to be a thorn in their side. Yeah. Do you think that Golden State sweeps the Trailblazers? No. Okay. Um, Cleveland versus Atlanta. You going with Cleveland in that one? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's a sweep? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we have Miami versus Toronto. You going with Miami in that one? That is interesting. That is. Now, Toronto has home court advantage. They are the two seed. Ooh, man. I'm going to go heat just because I'm not betting against Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Circumstance. Do you think this is a seven game series, six game? Could be. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. Okay. So that's great. We will continue to update you, everyone, as we go through. You know, this is so great because I love all the storylines that are coming out uh, because of the playoffs. It's a fun time to watch, regardless of what the officials do. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. We will catch you probably in two weeks. I think, Scout, you're doing the NFL draft. Yeah, we got some draft talk coming up next week um, because that's an interesting time of year, of course. So it is. Yeah, we'll 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 revert back to that uh, next week. Yes. Uh, so stay tuned for that, folks. Give you a little dip in the football a bit. There you go. You that's right. That's right. We need to break the, up this monotony. So I will check all of you in two weeks. Um, until then, enjoy the NFL draft info, and we'll see what happens and the outcome of the NBA playoffs. Listen to Connoisseurs of Sport every Monday at DailyDynamic.com.